welcome to this special episode of the Open Adoption Project. This is episode 65. We're the Nelsons. I'm Sean. And I'm Lynette. Today we are excited to bring you the first of a series of episodes about adoption in the media. So we'll be discussing adoption themes in the film Elf, and our discussion will be hosted by us, but also led by adoptee Milena Rogers. We've had her on the podcast before and we love her. We're excited to have her with us. And we also have an audience in our Zoom room that also will be participating at times in the discussion. Like Lynette mentioned, this is the first of several times we're going to do this, probably every couple months. So if you ever want to join us for one of these, we do a live Zoom call. You're welcome to join. You can see our website at openadoptionproject.org, or you can follow us on Instagram for details as the next one comes up and other future ones. So again, this one focuses on the movie Elf. It's Christmas time, and we're thinking about the holidays and all those things that keep us kind of busy. And sometimes we jump into media and watch things that maybe we kind of forget the underlying messages. So this was a fun one to look at this time of year. Yeah, and it was a really interesting conversation to have also afterward with our kids and just talk about how they perceive different messages about adoption in the media and particularly in the movie Elf. So we really hope you enjoy this discussion and that it prompts some good discussions for you and your loved ones as well. We hope you all have a wonderful Christmas. We are going to cut now to our conversation about the movie Elf. for being here today. We are really excited to do this. We've been talking about doing a discussion about adoption in the media for a long time. And when we started thinking about how to get this started, I thought of Milena because I absolutely love her. And as we started talking about it and trying to figure out what to discuss, I was like, you know, it's Christmas time and the movie Elf seems great. And it just seems like a great movie to discuss with Milena because you are such a light and I feel like Buddy is this amazing light (laughs) and I don't I just feel like it's perfect so I'm really happy you're here with us Milena thank you no thank you and I'll totally take a compliment of being Buddy the Elf I I laugh every time me and my kids watched over the weekend and it's still like one of the best movies so I'm excited (laughs) it is really funny I think another reason we wanted to do this is that a lot of people who aren't really directly related to adoption aren't connected with people who have adopted or are adoptees um, or a birth parent. Um, they draw a lot of their perceptions from the media. Yeah. And so this is an opportunity to kind of chat through some of um, what Hollywood might per- portray versus reality. And, and- yeah, maybe what other people are getting about adoption if they're not directly connected to it. Yeah. Right. Exactly. It should be fun. Yeah. I'm really excited. All right. So we have had some questions submitted by listeners of our podcast followers on Instagram. And we also have a few that I added because I thought that'd be good. So (laughs) go ahead. And we're going to start with a little clip that basically summarizes the plot of Elf, the moment where Buddy finds out that he is not an elf and just some of what comes along with that. What in the name of Sam Hill is that? Little Buddy Diapers. His name is Buddy. 
He must have snuck into your sack at the orphanage. What do we do? So, Santa had a decision to make. Fortunately, when it comes to babies, Santa's a, a pushover. So Buddy stayed with a, an older elf who had always wanted a child, but had been so committed to building toys, he, he well, had forgotten to, to settle down. Santa! Yes, yes, I, I raised Buddy. I was his adopted father. Though a Buddy grew twice as fast, he, he wasn't any different from the other children. <laughs> too fast, Bucky. <laughs> I mean, not, not really. Now, before we learn how to build the latest in extreme graphic chipset processors, let's recite the code of the elves, shall we? Number one. Treat every day like Christmas. Number two. There's room for everyone on the nice list. Number three. The best way to spread Christmas cheer is singing loud for all to hear. Buddy, I, I think there was something I, I probably should tell you. You should, probably should have found out a, a long, a long time ago. I then proceeded to tell Buddy of how his father had fallen in love when he was very young with a beautiful girl named Susan Wells and how Buddy was born and put up for adoption by his mother and how she had later passed away. I, I told him his father had never even known that Buddy was born and most importantly, I told him where his father was, in a magical land called New York City. And I'll, I'll, always, uh, I'll always be here for you. Overheard that he was human, Buddy was like in a state of shock, and he had identified as an elf for as long as he could remember. So, Melena, as an adoptee, do you feel like you connect more or less with your adoptive family and birth family? And do you feel like there's added guilt and pressure there? So, I feel like it's obviously okay. First off, why does that baby have no clothes on? Like, when I rewatched it, now that I'm a mom, I'm like, where's that child's clothes? (laughs) But, (laughs) um, see. This is where it can get so sticky. And I'm going to preface this very first before I even get started, like sharing. I am more on the positive side of adoption. Um, there's adoptees with a lot harder stories that like to focus on the negative. And so I'm just going to say that right off the bat. I doesn't mean I haven't had hardship with my story, but I like to focus on the positive of it more because it's been such a huge, huge blessing in my life. Okay. Now that I'm done with that. Um, I don't feel like I connect more or less like I'm obviously my family. I'm going to call my family. I mean, I know for purposes, they like to do adoptive and birth family, but they're my family. Okay. Um, I don't feel any less. I've never felt any less. Um, and kind of how like with, (laughs) with buddy, there's a huge difference. I mean, he's like what six foot three in real life. And like with elves, they're teeny tiny me. I am an international adoptee but I've never felt any less with my whole family. That's Caucasian. I've never felt any less. They've never made me feel like any different or, I mean, if you go in more to the movie, they kind of, you know, talk behind his back. My family's never done that. And so now that I've met my birth family again, I don't feel like I'm connected to them more or less, but it is very interesting to see 
how much similar similarities we have. And we've only ever met over the phone, like over video like this, over the screen. And it's still crazy to see similarities that like my brothers do and my one sister, like facial expressions. And I've never grown up around these people. Um, there's not, as far as like added guilt and pressure, no, I've never felt that from either my birth family or my family. I've never felt that. They've always been super open and honest and I've been very blessed with my birth family. They have welcomed me with open arms, especially when my siblings had no clue about me. And it could have been a real trigger for them to not talk to my birth mom anymore. But I feel like maybe, I don't know, it's because the type of human I am, but it's brought everybody a lot closer together since I have been a part of their life. So, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, Maybe I'll share one thought from just that scene that we watched. Um, I know Papa Elf, Papa Elf is a loving and caring guy, right? But in the end, it's like, oh, um, you want to find your origins? Go. Um, and so, I don't know, just just the portrayal for me as an adoptive parent to just remember, like, part of my role in this whole thing is to support my children the best that I can. And if connecting with their birth family is the best thing for them and something that's going to enrich their life and be good for them, then I need to go on that journey with him. Like I'm, I'm Papa Elf going on like the candy cane train. I remember all of the, uh, the yeah, like I, I want to be the type of dad that jumps on and goes with Buddy uh, rather than wishes him well. Sends him into the wild, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. and I totally agree with that. And I feel like most of the adoptive parents that I do know are the ones that follow me. They're the exact same way. Their parent adoptive is just put in front of them but they're a parent and they want what, what is best for their children, no matter how their kids have come into their life. It's just plain and simple. Yeah. So, so this next question comes from someone that asked us this a couple of weeks ago. And I know that it was a well-intentioned question, but I would love to hear your thoughts as an adoptee on this. They basically wanted to know, do you think transparency about an adoptee's story and family of origin is helpful or hurtful for their development? And they said, if people can't tell that my child was adopted, why should I tell anyone, including the child? So I'd love to hear your thoughts and what you would tell someone wondering about that. Well, if you're watching this, you just saw my facial expression. It should always be known that your kids are adopted. I don't care if it's white, white, black, black, Hispanic, Hispanic. Your kids should always freaking know. I don't care. For me, obviously, it's a little different because my parents are white and I'm Hispanic. But I feel like in the long run, it's more hurtful. There's more trust issues. I know people who have not been told until they're in their 30s and it completely crumbles and breaks that relationship with their parents. When honestly, their parents, I know, thought they were doing the best thing for them, but it's really not. It's going to hurt more than it's going to help. And every adoptee is different. I will put like with this, with finding birth families or wanting to know more about their culture. Some don't give a crap and some really true, honestly care. And you're going to have to respect it either way. Don't push it on them to want to know their, you know, where they come from. If they have no desire, nobody wants that. Even if you're adopted or not, nobody wants something to be pushed on them for them to figure out when it's, you know, them going through it. But if they want to find out, be supportive, be supportive. Like I can't even imagine. I know, you know, there's lots of probably, and you guys can probably relate to this, some, you know, nerves and things. I mean, you guys are open adoption, which is awesome. But like for me, a closed adoptee where it's like, what's going to happen? Is my kid going to get hurt if they find their birth mom and there's total rejection? You know, are they going to find them and 
you know, fly off with them, which that still makes me giggle because I'm like, my parents are my parents, but I know there's adoptees and I know of adoptees who have gone and lived with their birth families for a little while. And to me, I can't fathom that, but everybody's different. That's why it's beautiful. Every story is different. And so just be supportive and love. And like, really, that's the most you can do. Like, that's the most you can do. So, yeah. Yeah, I agree. That's great advice. So Buddy is not biologically an elf, but I feel like he's this perfect elf, you know. And so I feel like that brings up this question of nature and nurture and how they can both play a part in how someone develops. Do you have any thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. And this goes this goes more into since I've met my birth family, um, the nature versus nurture, like people who think like you if you're only around people, that's you're going to be just like those people. That's not the case. It's crazy when, like I said, I haven't met them in person yet, but I'm talking to them and they do like hand gestures or with their faces. And I'm just like, like, it blows my mind because I'm like, oh, my gosh, I totally make that face or oh, I totally do that. I've never, ever grown up around these people. They live clear in Colombia, so it's like kind of hard, but it's just it's crazy. I mean, but granted, there are also probably some things from my parents that I have, you know, since they raised me that for sure, you know, values and things like that and stuff I'm going to take on. But it's definitely crazy when you do find and you talk to any adoptee who is like me and older and close and has found and has been able to develop a really good relationship or maybe not a good relationship, but met that person, every single one of them will tell you how crazy it is to finally see somebody that looks like you and to like have mannerisms and do things just like them. And it's like, I've never lived with this person. And it's, it's wild. It's just wild. I think that we've, I think that we've highlighted this on the podcast before, but um, our oldest, our daughter, um, she and her birth mom have a lot of mannerisms that are really similar um, and even just little things like saying, like, she'll say, I'm thinking on instead, instead of, of I'm thinking about, which is what generally people say, but she'll say, I'm thinking on, and it's just like her birth mom. And we see her birth mom, but not but enough that not she would, that you would think, she, yeah, yeah. De- yeah, that she would develop that speech habit yeah. from listening to her birth mother. Um, and we never say that. So it's just so, <laughs> so interesting. It's so cute. Um, I smile every time she says it. It's just adorable. And yeah, yeah. It's, it's so interesting how even language patterns and mannerisms are just so ingrained in our DNA. They definitely yeah. are. Yeah. Yeah, Aubrey, we would love to hear from you. Yeah, I just want to chime in on that about my daughter. So my daughter's only two. Um, we have an open adoption. So I've been listening to your podcast ever since I found it, um, probably right around the time that she was placed in our family. And um, so anyway, we've been integrating, you know, we see her birth parents, we've seen them every couple of months initially, and then it started to get like, more and more frequent. So like the last month, I think they came over and hung out like, three times. Um, and so they've been meeting my family, my husband's family. And then um, bio mom brought her her mom. So then we got to hang out with bio grandma a few times, went down to visit her house and her farm. So anyway, um, my mom, you know, she still struggles a little bit with like, where do I fit in versus like the other grandma? And, you know, and I'm like, mom, it's just like how you can love all of us siblings. Like, you know, me and my siblings and we, and we can love you guys and my in-laws and our grandparents, like multiple sets of grandparents. So just kind of explaining that, like working through things with our parents, they're very open, but they're just didn't do all the research and things and reading things that my husband and I did and listening. 
Um, so anyway, all that to say, when we were hanging out with the you know biological family a little bit more, um, it it was really cool to hang out with my mom separate another day. And she said, I always see that that my daughter, I always see that she throws her head back when she laughs and she's only two, but like every time she laughs, she like throws her head back. And she's like, and I just thought that was the cutest thing. I've always seen her do that. And I'm, I wondered, is that something that she just does? Or is that something that like, I've never seen you do that. And then um, she said, and then we spent time with her bio mom and her bio grandma. And she's like, we were all sitting there talking and you were in the kitchen, like making something. And like my dad said something, I guess it made them laugh. And they both threw their heads back to laugh. And she said it all clicked. And she was like, that was just so incredible to see where, you know, where her granddaughter, I won't, I won't use her name, but like, not that you would see it if you would find me on Instagram, but like, she's like, just that she does that, like her biological family. And she's like, and then it started to make me realize like, this is so much more than just welcoming another family or giving her roots or whatever. She's like, this is like who she is. And she gets to see that when she's with them and grow up with that. And I was like, oh, it's so cool to see my mom like experience that and just realize how important it is for, for our daughter. So nature versus nurture man is crazy. Like, and I know we're going to see a lot of that as she grows up. It is. And there's moments where it's like really apparent and then it kind of fades away and then it just comes back just like that. That's a beautiful example. And what a great thing for your mom to experience too. Uh, to see that it's really this combination of both worlds that come together and don't one never ever fades away really they're all there um, and if we can support that and help that it's going to bless and and benefit our children all right I feel like we've kind of discussed this already but Melina if there's anything you want to add to it please feel free so Papa Elf told Buddy everything that he knew about his bio family after Buddy overheard that he wasn't an elf. What do you think some of the best ways are to tell adoptees about these things? And as we've already talked about, um, is it better to hold off or is it better to wait? What would you say to that? First off, it's never good to wait. It should always be known. A lot of because we do interviews too, me and my one friend, and we've had some adoptees on and they've known since day one, whether they're international, whether they're domestic, they've always known their parents have done such a good job at incorporating it different. Not there's no right or wrong way, but it should always be known. Like as soon as your kid can be aware of things, you should always be talking to them about that when they're an infant, when they're when you're loving on them, when you're holding them, you know, things like, you know, you do have another mom out there. And because of her, you know, I was able to like, there's so many different things. Some turned it into a bedtime story about how their mom and dad, you know, like it's just, there's so many creative ways to do it, but it all, it always needs to be talked about always like always when they're a teeny tiny baby, I don't care because that stuff resonates. And then as they get older, it's just the norm. And it makes, you know, it's something added that's a little bit more special to them. Cause if you're open and honest about it, it's the only way to go. Don't ever hide it. Hiding is just not going to get you anywhere. Yeah, I think in our last episode with Amy Wilkerson, we talked with her. She's a um, social worker and she and an adoptee. And she shared that if your children are asking, no matter what age they are, they're ready for an answer or a response. And obviously we have to make that age appropriate for them. But um, giving as much detail as we can, um, as early as we can, helps them avoid filling in the blanks with stories that could be crazy, right? The things that might scare them, the things that might make them feel stressed or depressed or uh, uneasy, um, 
the more information we can give them um, and the more pieces they have to that puzzle, the more beneficial or positive it is for the child's experience. Yeah. All right. We are going to watch another little clip and transition our discussion into how reunion went for Buddy and Elf. Dad! <laughs> all right, uh, let's get it over with. I-, I walked all day and night to find you. You look like you came from the North Pole. <laughs> That's exactly where I came from. Santa must have called you. Oh, yeah, sure. He uh, just got off the cell phone with me. You did? So, go on. Go on with what? Well, I, are you going to sing a song or something, or can I just go back to work? A song? Uh, yeah. Anything for you, Dad. Um, I, I'm, I'm here with my dad, and we never met, and he wants me to sing him a song. And, um, I was adopted, but you didn't know I was born. So I'm here now. I found you, Daddy. And guess what? I love you. I love you. I love you. Wow. That was weird. Usually you guys just, uh, you know, put my name in the jingle bells or something. It's me, your son. Susan Wells had me, and, and she didn't tell you. And, 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 but now I'm here. It's me, buddy. Susan Wells. You said Susan Wells? Yes. Who sent this Christmas gram? What's a Christmas gram? I want one. I think we should call security. Good idea. I like to whisper, too. All right. So clearly, Buddy's idea of what he wanted for when he went and met his dad did not pan out. Like, the reality versus what happened or his expectation versus reality was not the same and so santa told him before he left that he should guard his heart in your experience with reunion do you think that's good advice and what might you add to it okay this this one actually makes me really emotional because it's probably the scariest thing in the world like when i did decide that i wanted to find my birth family like Santa's advice is so good. Guard your heart because you don't know what's going to happen because you go through everything of when I meet them, are they going to reject me? Are they even still going to be alive? You know, like somebody that you've never met, you can still mourn, especially when they carried you for nine months and gave birth to you. Um, Just a lot of the unknown, like uh, there's so much unknown and you can get hurt and you can see like with buddy like it breaks my heart like it's crazy because growing up watching this I never really like put all the adoption stuff into it but now that I'm older like it just breaks my heart like I can't believe how much I cried watching this movie over the weekend with my kids because I'm like oh my gosh I can totally relate like yeah it's it's such good advice to guard your heart because you don't know what's going to happen and not every reunion story is good and it's really hard to hear because for me, mine's been more on the positive and I want that for everybody. But I also love the people who haven't had good reunions. They look back and think, well, look at everything that I do have and all the stuff that, you know, it's, they try and go for the positive. Most of the people that I know that like, they don't dwell and sit in the like, poor me. Oh my gosh, this happened. Like, cause if you're going to dwell in that, I'm sorry, but your life's going to be hard. I'm going to stay at point blank. Your life is going to be hard if you just want to focus on the negative and all those kinds of things. And so, yeah, definitely, definitely guard your heart because it it can be scary. 
yeah, this scene made me so much more emotional as I was getting ready for this as well. And without that extra perspective that you have. Um, do you have any thoughts on what we can do when family relationships, particularly in adoption, are awkward or are hard to balance? Are you meaning more like when birth families involved? Is that what you're meaning on this question? Uh, I can't say for sure. This one was submitted, but I believe that's what they meant. Um, this is this is where it gets hard, and this is this is where I believe I don't care if you're adopted or not. Family's hard. <laughs> Family is hard. Family is so hard because there's insecurities kind of like, you know, with Aubrey saying with her mom that broke my heart that her mom's like, well, where do I fit in? And it's like your grandma. It doesn't matter. And you'll hear me say, I don't give a crap, but blood does not make you family. I don't care. People are allowed to grow their families however they want, however they want to build them. That's nobody's decision. And so you just have to do what you feel is best for your child. And what's best for one child is not better for another child. And you're going to know your child the best. But when it comes down to it, support them. Never, ever, ever talk bad about their birth family. If they have been wronged, simply just, you know, I'm so sorry. And I love you. And I'm here for you. Once you start doing the bashing crap, that's just as bad. Family's hard in general. Doesn't matter if you're adopted or not. Just support your kids the best you can. Every kid's different. You got to do what's best for them. Never bash another family member, whether you're adopted or not. It's going to put a thorn in everybody's side. Just do your best to support there's going to be things you're going to see your kids get hurt and you're going to want to go at someone. Just don't just do the best you can to support and love even when it's super hard, because if you do that, then you're always gonna have the trust of your kid. That's beautiful. That's such good advice, especially at that last line. You'll always have the trust of your kid. Thank you. So um, just kind of moving on, um, Buddy was really surprised by how different New York was from the North Pole um, and throughout the Buddy or throughout the movie. Uh, Buddy learned how to live in this new world and try to fit in, right? Um, and so some of the questions we have now kind of fits into that. So as an adoptee, do you feel like you had to do this um, with your biological family, at least with what you remember, or maybe share with us some of your experience around that? Um, I think it's definitely going to be different when I meet them actually in person. Right now, I've only met them over, but it, it is still really hard to communicate because most of them speak Spanish and I don't. And there is kind of this sense of things I miss out on because they get together for birthdays and stuff, which, and I'm a huge birthday nerd. I love birthdays. I love parties. I love get togethers. And so my heart kind of aches when I see that, but I don't let it be like screw adoption. I would never think that. I just think like, that's where it frustrates me when people get upset with it. Cause I'm like, she was doing the best that she thought at the time by placing me for adoption. Um, I think it's going to be a whole new territory, kind of like how on here it says, the, the, you know, New York versus the North Pole going to Columbia will be very different. It'll be very exciting to see where I've come from, but it'll also be very different from America. I think like most places, because my husband travels and it's very, very different wherever you go. All He's been all over the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, what else is this? So I don't necessarily know if it fit in. I feel like with the nature versus nurture, I'll fit in. It'll be just like a missing puzzle piece and I'll just get down there and I'll fit in. And I feel like I've kind of already worked my way to where I fit in the family and it'll just be in person. And I don't know, I'm a very physical touch. But I love hugs. I love everything. So it's totally going to, it's going to be like, it's just giving me all the weird feelings right now talking about it. Like, whew, like, cause it's overwhelming. I am very terrified to go to Columbia. I've pushed it off, but once I do, I think it's going to be, 
I don't know, something totally different. And this is what I've talked to some adoptees who have found their birth moms and have been able to hug them. Touch is so powerful that like when I do hug, I don't, I, there's just going to be a ton of emotion that's just going to be released and a huge wave. And yeah. So yeah, my biggest thing on that last question is adoptees struggling with this. The biggest advice I can give, and I think it's why I feel more positive about adoption and not so angry with adoption. I've done a lot of work on myself. I've gone to therapy. I choose, honestly, I choose joy over negativity. It doesn't mean I don't honor that there's hard stuff. It doesn't mean I'm not allowed to sit in hard stuff for a minute. It doesn't mean that I don't honor those hard stories out there because there are way hard stories out there and my heart goes out to them and we see that. And, you know, but if you're struggling with it, do something that's going to help you be okay with it. And it doesn't matter if it's a week later that you feel better about it. It doesn't matter if it's six months later that you feel better about it, but don't wallow in it for the rest of your life. Cause quite frankly, nobody wants to be around you if you're negative all the time. <laughs> That's just my opinion. So I know it's hard, but there's also, there's things that everybody struggles with, with not being an adoptee too. And I'll always go back to that. Like, I know there's an added layer being adopted, but there's also, you know, everybody struggles and you just got to find out what's best and what's going to be good for you. Are you okay if I ask maybe a more personal follow-up question? Yeah, of course. Maybe this is just logistical and nothing nothing into it, but you said you've pushed off going to Columbia. Um, has that been, like, what? what's behind that? It honestly terrifies me because there's a lot of emotion I know I'm going to have to unpack when I go there. There's, like, it will be, like, I, it's really hard to talk about because, like, it's going to be uncontrollable crying. And, like, you can hear it in my voice. Just It's just a lot. And I'm never... Like, I'm not ever angry towards her. I mean, if you've listened to my story, I am one of seven and I was smack dab in the middle and I'm the only one placed. So obviously when I first found her, I was like, why just me? But as I've done work and gotten to know, I know because I'm very, I believe in God and I know God wanted me here and I know he wanted me where I am. And for me, that's what's helped. But like, mm -hmm. it's, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot of crying. It's going to be a lot of questions. It's going to be a lot of you know, because Buddy at least knows who his dad, his birth dad is. I don't know if I'll ever know who that is because she's very, very hush about it. And like I said, I don't want to go too much into my story, but there's just the gist of it. There's a lot of emotion to unpack that I don't know if I'm mentally ready to do. <laughs> yeah. So figuratively making that trip from the North Pole to New York City, there's a lot that goes into that. And that, I yeah. mean, Obviously, it's it's kind of silly just in the movie, like all of the obstacles he has to overcome. Um, but in reality, they're like each of those might represent different things that uh, an adoptee might have to kind of process through before actually arriving to that place. And I can't imagine doing it alone. Like you said, just sending him off into the wild. I would die like my husband will be there. I've already told him that like you will be every step of the way because he's you know what I mean? Like. I can't even fathom trying to do it by myself. I mean, granted, I know it's a movie in Hollywood, but still it's like, ooh, how can you send somebody something that yeah. big to do alone? <laughs> yeah. Thank you for being vulnerable and, and opening up and sharing that with us. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to start wrapping up. We have three questions left. So this next question is, how did you feel about the adoption language in this movie? Um... I don't, I don't know that they ever really used birth, did they? Like birth mom, birth dad. I, didn't, um, I don't think so. 
they i mean i know papa elf referred for, for, referred to himself as an adoptive parent which i think for namesake they have to do it which i get when you're talking to educating people that is adoptive parent but in my thing you're you're my parent you're my mom you're my dad you know my birth mom she's just like that bonus mom that was able to provide this for me um i don't know that they talked it about about it a whole bunch like buddy was like i'm adopted and you know i'm your son and those kinds of things but i i mean like i said now that i'm older i don't know i don't feel like there's any confusion with it because they didn't push it a ton with the adoption language that's just how i feel yeah. awesome so how did you feel about this movie in general <laughs> i personally i love it i think it's hilarious <laughs> i laugh every single time i obviously you guys heard earlier i cried way more because i think now that i'm older and i can understand it um i think it does i mean with any story it's got the misses with adoption and it's got the positives with adoption i mean in the end he is able to reunite and be with his family and if you watch till the end they're a whole and my biggest thing is like why can't you have more people in your life to love because you know he gets married has his own baby and then he goes back goes back and sees his dad and then he also goes and stays in new york with the family that he now has you know what i mean so for me there's always room for love there's always family which i love how they portrayed that but I love it. Obviously, it's got its weird quirks, like sending him alone, which we've discussed. But I think it's great and hilarious. And I love it every Christmas season. <laughs> well, and I think a point that you make, too, is that it kind of depends on what filter you're watching the movie through, right? If you're just watching the movie to enjoy it, like, it's funny. Like, there's a ton of laughs in it, right? But if you're looking at it a little bit more critically or through just, like, solely the adoption lens, you see it differently right and it might not have the same humor or the same um, effect as as it might otherwise yeah yeah i mean if you can't laugh at him eating gum off the streets then there's something wrong with you i'm sorry but there is because that's funny <laughs> all right so our final question do you recommend elf for adoptees as some kind of media that they might be able to connect with and feel empowered by honestly no <laughs> I feel like it's just a good funny movie this is not something there are some really good movies out there I know one that you guys mentioned to me that I still need to watch that I know do a really spectacular job with it but obviously every movie is going to have its faults you got to remember that with every story not every story is the same and you can't learn from one story you have to listen to every story in order if you truly want to learn that's just so no if you want to like just a funny movie go for it if you want to feel some maybe some of the feels that you know as being an adoptee that you're like oh yeah i can totally relate to that that would be hard but i don't know that it's really going to empower you <laughs> i mean it might but i would say no <laughs> awesome all right any i guess questions? i mean I, I know that we're just kind of keeping these brief and short but um overall any last thoughts melena um about this movie and as it relates to adoption, any other thoughts or feelings in your mind that you'd share? Um, I do love the funny twist it kind of puts on it. I mean, it does. There's parts of it that do break my heart that like, you know, he's in that orphanage, which I feel like the, that's a whole different avenue of adoption. There's so many different avenues of adoption. I was, you know, placed directly from my mom to my mom, you know, from birth mom to mom. Um, and it's just, you're going to feel the feels of rejection, just like, you know, buddy feels in rejection, but you're also going to, if you're willing and open to like open your heart, 
there's so much joy and happiness that can come and you can see that buddy has to go through some really hard things with his birth dad but then his birth dad comes around and realizes that you know there's always room for love and family and things can be so magical when people are willing to open their hearts and listen and not be angry and I'm not saying that it's not hard because I get when people hurt you it's never easy but there really can truly be so much happiness just like in the movie if you're willing to work at it and because relationships aren't easy they're never easy oh what a beautiful note to end on thank you so much before we wrap up completely is there anyone from the audience today that would like to add any comments my perspective is very different yet you see it with a sensitivity that you didn't see before but it's one of my favorite christmas movies it's it's my mom's (laughs) favorite christmas movie and so we watch it every year and we laugh so hard but there's certain things now that just kind of sting to watch, you know, mostly out of a sympathy standpoint for myself. Um, And also just wanted to say thank you so much for um, you sharing your, just your perspective as an adoptee and being here because, you know, I want to be able to prepare as my daughter gets older and she watches this movie, like just not being like, this is, oh, this is just a great Christmas movie. We're going to put it in. And, you know, we, we, we fully expect you to just laugh and have a great time. I mean, year after year, her feelings might change one year. She might find it hilarious. And then, you know, another year it might really trigger her and just preparing for those things, kind of letting her lead the way, but also um, just understanding that there are really sensitive topics and narratives in a whole lot of movies. <clears throat> Here's looking at you, Disney. So, you know, just preparing for that um, because who knows what she's going to feel like. I know it's mostly positive. I've been, I have heard your story on, I think multiple podcasts now. I think two, um, which is awesome. So thank you. I, I knew who you were and I was excited to be here and listen to you again. And I know that you do have a more, um, a generally positive lens through the work you've done. Um, but just, I love that you're like, yeah, you're gonna, you're gonna have all sorts of perspectives and just letting them be what they are for each person is, is really important. But yeah, just love listening to you. So thanks for having me today, guys. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, thank you everybody so much. Thank you so much for being with us for this episode. We really enjoyed doing something a little different and we loved hearing from Elena. So also thank you to our audience and for everyone who participated. And thank you for everyone who submitted questions and helped us prepare the episode. If you follow us on Instagram or follow our website at openadoptionproject.org, you might know that we currently have a giveaway that's wrapping up in a couple of days. So if you don't know about that, you can check it out on one of those venues. We have a newsletter that we just barely launched, and so the giveaway is connected to that. If you subscribe, then you're entered to win a copy of Somewhere Sisters, Being Adopted, and a $25 gift card. So enter that if you haven't yet, and subscribe to our newsletter. And what else? I think someone might say, why a newsletter? What benefit am I going to get from a newsletter? How would you answer that? Ooh, it's a great question. So I think our newsletter, we really want it to be geared to be helpful to the whole adoption community. But this in particular, at this point, I'd say it's probably a little more geared toward adoptive parents. And especially with open adoption relationships, trying to help people develop these relationships for their kids to help them have that healthy sense of self and that healthy connection with their bio families. Thanks everybody for listening to this episode. We hope you all watch Elf this Christmas and keep an eye out for some of the themes that we've talked about today and maybe let it be a conversation starter 
between you and other people in or out of the adoption community. Thanks so much for being here and happy holidays.